0: Internet Link established.
1: So you want to be a podcaster? Our mission is to encourage and equip you for excellence in podcasting. Your hosts are Andrew Rappaport, host of The Rap Report and Apologetics Live, and executive director of the Christian Podcast Community together with Colleen Sharp, host of Theology Gals and chief administrator of the Christian Podcast Community. Well, welcome to another edition of So You Want to Be a Podcaster. Today we're gonna talk about pitfalls, the mistakes that people make. We have 10 things for you today that many people make a mistake of when they get into podcasting. We hope this is gonna be helpful for you because, well, there's a chance you're gonna make some mistakes, but we actually really hope that you never have any of these things, but some of them we can't avoid. So Colleen, let's start with the first one that you and I run into a lot with people. The first mistake is people just not being prepared. We have seen this countless times where people get, they have an idea that podcasting, you're just going to turn on a microphone and wing it and they don't prepare. This is sometimes is a big problem for people, isn't it?
2: Yes. I, I think that. There are a lot of people, we see this in our group a lot, and they come in and they're like, podcasting, that looks fun, I like to listen to podcasts, and they don't. We're going to get into some of those ways in which they aren't prepared as we go down the list, but they don't understand the time it takes. Um, We've talked on on other episodes even about this to really know, you know, even we'll talk later about having some episodes prepared and stuff. They don't realize the time it's going to take to prepare, to record, to edit, to post, you know, all of the different things that it takes to um, produce a good podcast.
1: So, and with each of these pitfalls, we want to give a solution. So the first thing that we see a pitfall that people fall into is not being prepared enough. Well, the solution is put more time aside. Expect that, as you heard Colleen mention, it's more than just the recording. There's editing, there's posting it, there's a lot of other things you have to do. And we have mentioned this on previous episodes, As you listen to everything that has to be done to produce a podcast, set more time aside. Put extra time. Assume that if you're going to do a one-hour podcast, assume that it's going to take one hour of show prep minimum, an hour of editing. Guess what? If it takes less time, great. But plan for at least an hour or two of prep, then your hour show, then your editing. So if you... I usually tell people if you're going to take a, do a one-hour show, assume you need to put four to five hours of work in for that one hour of production. Just a general rule of thumb, but for many, it's less. You can sometimes, if you're really good, you don't have to do a lot of editing. If it's something you, you know a lot on a subject, you may not have to do as much prep time before recording. But if you plan that, that's going to help you.
2: Well, I think that one way that you're going to be prepared is to know what it's going to take for you. Um, You can talk to 10 different Christian podcasters, and they're all going to give you a different answer on how much prep time does it take you? uh, How much time does it take you to edit? You know, it's going to be very, very different. Andrew, you've recorded a lot of shows by yourself, which might not require as much editing as um, my co-host and I, there's probably 10 times during the show where we say, edit that out. Let me say that over again. And so I spend a good three hours editing. But then, like Andrew said, with preparation, if it's a topic you know a lot about, you might say, oh, I got 50. I got notes on that subject back in my journal. It's going to take me 15 minutes to prepare. But there was one subject that I did that I spent I actually calculated it. It took me eight hours of preparation because I was really studying and reading. And if I have to read a book, that's going to be several hours of preparation. So one of the ways that you be prepared is to know, based on the nature of your podcast, the way you work, and things like that, how much time is it going to take you? And I'm going to say on editing, usually you'll get quicker. But in the beginning, it used to take me a long time. You
1: no, know, one way around it is I, one of my shows, Apologetics Live!, it's a live show. So you know there's going to be no editing there. It's not expected to have the editing. So you could, there are things you could do like that. Now, the first being not being prepared. The second thing we have seen a lot, Colleen, is not being in agreement with your co-host. You and I did an episode on co-hosts, and, and I've gotten a lot of feedback from that one because people were like, this was stuff I never thought of. It's stuff that I didn't wasn't even aware of. But The fact is, a lot of people get into podcasting and they want to do it with a friend, and they don't think through everything that is involved, and countless times, you and I have been talking to someone that's doing a podcast, and one person's doing all the work, and the other person just shows up to the microphone. This has happened a lot. You want to make sure you're in agreement with your co-host. We did a whole show on that, so listen, go back to that episode And and listen to that one. It was episode number six on co-hosts because we talk about having agreements, having even maybe even contracts, but having that agreement up front. That that's the solution to this. If you, when people get into problems after they they have their co-hosts and they don't have that agreement up front, then problems occur. Colleen, you you've seen this with several different podcasts.
2: What tends to happen, and I've talked to so many podcasters, is two best friends say, hey, let's do a podcast together. Okay, and they they record and maybe it's like what you said. One person ends up doing all the work. They haven't decided these things ahead of time. I think about when I was young and my sister would come up with some great idea for a project that we were going to work on. And she had the idea and she'd say, you know what we should do? She'd have this, you know, big idea for a project. And I would assume, well, if she has the idea, she's probably going to want to do a lot of these steps. And I would say, "Um, wait, aren't you going to do this thing? And she would say, oh, I thought you were going to do it. (laughs) But that's actually an example of what ends up happening with a lot of co-hosts. Instead of really just saying, hey, let's look at um, what needs to be done and split things up. And you might be in a situation like I have been in the past where I had a lot more free time. So I agreed to more work and that's okay. But you need to know going in what's expected of each person.
1: And there's times when people don't have that expectation up front or knowledge or, or discussion. And what happens is a lot of times it breaks the relationship one or t- either the show ends or, Or one of the co-hosts leave, and it can ruin relationships. We've said before that you want to choose a good co-host, but you don't want to end a relationship. And so if there's not agreement between you and your co-host, the good thing to do is, okay, you didn't get the agreement up front, but you can get it now, come to terms and say look i feel like i'm doing all the work and you're you're doing just showing up and can we can we do it differently ha- make that agreement even if you don't didn't do it in the beginning it's not too late if you have a show with a co-host now and you're not having problems but you haven't gotten that agreement up front now would be a good time to do that say hey listen we've been working together for a year things have been good but let's have an agreement on who's going to do what Just so that we have it down and we know what's agreed to so that in the future you don't have this problem. So not being prepared. That's the first one. The solution, set more time aside. Not having an agreement, not being in agreement with your co-host. Well, get that set, that agreement set up as, as early as you can. The third one that we have is unrealistic expectations. Now this, we have a couple different areas that we find that people have unrealistic expectations. Uh, we we mentioned a little bit of not being prepared, so time is one of the unrealistic expectations. The amount of work involved, the audience size, and the financial investment or cost, these are things people don't think through. So let's deal with these one at a time. We mentioned a little bit about not being prepared, so we mentioned the time. One of the things that we find though with people is it's the time of either trying to get with my co-host, we're on two different schedules, or it's the time of trying to figure out how do I get all the prep done? How do I get all the editing done? And so when it comes to the time issue, my suggestion is to make a schedule. Some people are going to be more schedule oriented, so they're just going to block out the times. But I have for my podcast, The Rap Report, my co-host Bud and I, we record on Saturday mornings, and I block out that time so that When I'm done recording, that next hour is for any editing and posting, and I try to get that all done right after I record. So that way, that whole thing is just blocked out. That's one way of of doing it. Another area is the amount of work. Colleen, when it comes to the amount of work in podcasting, what is some of the unrealistic expectations that people have?
2: Well, one one of the things that you need to remember when we're talking about Unrealistic expectations is setting realistic goals. So one of the things that people will say, I just don't know if I have time to do one episode a week. And I will say, okay, you need to set a realistic goal based on the amount of time. Maybe that's every other week. Maybe it's once a month. So um, understanding how much work is necessary. And one way that you'll do that, let me tell you what not to do. Don't record an episode Wednesday, release it Friday, and that's the only episode you've ever done. You, Andrew says, um, I, I might disagree with him a little bit. He says to have four to eight episodes before you publish your first one. I would say at least three Because you need to kind of take some time. So let's say you say, okay, I'm going to record three episodes before I even release this podcast. That's going to give you enough time to see how much work is this going to take? How much time do I have? How much time is it going to take? And you might say, wow, I thought I could do it every week, but I think I'm going to have to do every other week. It kind of gives you some time to have a realistic expectation about, um, you know, what's what's going to be entailed.
1: Well, a lot of people start off when they start podcast and they are excited, and that's the reason you have people that do seven episodes, eight episodes, and then pod fade because they didn't expect how much work. The reason I actually say four to eight is because what we encourage people to do when they start a brand new podcast is have three recorded. And, and have them drop on the same day. And the reason for that is that it gets a boost where some people start to hear and they they, they get a feel of almost like binging, but they get your first three episodes. Um, eight, because, well, that's the point when most people give up as eight episodes. So if you if you've gone through and you record four to eight episodes, you know how much work is involved in it. And if you just say, you know what, this is too much for me, well, now you don't have the embarrassment of starting something and having it out there, and then people going, "Hey, any more episodes coming?" No, you don't have to worry about that because you'll just never do them because you realize you didn't have that, the you didn't have the time for that work. So I will always say to try to record ahead of time, even if, even if you know the work and you're struggling with that unrealistic expectation, it's good to have episodes that are. Already kind of in the can, ready to go, scheduled, and that way, if something happens during the week, you you can miss a week of recording and still be able to have your episodes go. I try to have episodes that are pre-recorded for a week or two, but there's time because I'm I'm someone who ends up traveling and speaking, so when I'm traveling on a weekend, I can't record with Bud, so I have to have a couple of them that are ready that I can just use that are scheduled to go. If I, when I do my long trips and maybe some of you are in this boat where you you have schedules that are hard to work, I sometimes have to have a month or two of podcasts already before I leave so that because I won't be able to record while I'm, while I'm on vacation, while I'm traveling, things like that. Another unrealistic expectation that people have comes to audience size.
2: This is the biggest one. I'm going to tell you how often in our Facebook group where someone will release their podcast and say, how many did other people get? Because you put all of this work, those hours that we talked about, you put all that work in and five people listen. And you can't even get your own family to listen that first week. Sometimes (laughs) you talk talk to podcasters, ask them how many of your family members listen. You're going to find out that. Their family members, they hear from them enough. They're not listening every week. And this is this is I think one of the biggest pitfalls. So you need to know going in that it takes time to build an audience and you need to be okay with that because that's another reason for pod fading, I think.
1: Yeah, and the reality is in our group that Colleen's referring to is Christian podcast community, Facebook group. It's an open group where we are we try to disciple people that are Christian podcasters. The thing that we end up seeing a lot is people will come in and they're talking about their audience size and they get depressed. I I try not to mention my audience size in that group because there's people who put a lot of time in and then they go you're getting that many and I'm just getting these few and people feel bad about that. There's there's a thing that we end up seeing is that many people think that they're going to have hundreds to thousands of people listening. The reality is, if you have over 200 downloads per episode, you're in the top 50% of all podcasts. It tells you how many podcasts don't have many listeners. Half of all podcasts have less than 200 listens per episode. But here's the thing that I would say. You have 15, 20, 100 downloads per episode. Here's how a solution to this unrealistic size. Ask yourself the question, would you enjoy speaking to that number of people every every week if you do a weekly show? In other words, if you had an opportunity to, to teach in, in a school or to speak at a church and you had 25 people every week in your class, would you be motivated to go to class? If the answer is yes, well, that is what you're doing. If you're getting 200 downloads, that means that 200 people every week are listening. Would you be okay with the idea of, of teaching 200 people every week? And so one of the solutions is that to think about that this perspective of having those people in a classroom. And the, the other part of the solution is that you have to be okay with the idea, as Colleen says, that it could take years, uh, and, and hundreds of episodes to grow your podcast. So, have that expectation going into it. The the fourth one that we said under unrealistic expectations is the financial investment and cost. There are things that cost money with podcasting. You have to pay for the hosting. Some people are going to host it on their own website. We don't recommend that. We did an episode on that. If you go back to the previous episode that we had done dealing with Uh, It's episode two with starting your podcast. We talk about hosting. There's reasons you don't want to host it on your own site. Is it cheaper? Yes, but it comes with drawbacks. So I would say you want to be careful to with what you don't want to spend a whole lot of money in areas where you shouldn't be. I know of a podcast that actually pays to have a studio so that when they come in, they have a studio that's set up and their video recording, their audio recording, they've the studio does all the editing for them well that does make it a lot easier but that costs money that may be overkill for a podcast that's only getting a couple of dozen of downloads maybe you're not going to get that back in a in you know in a patreon or something so you you need to know some of the costs up front so research those costs that would be the solution to it know the, the and we've gone through in previous episodes of some of those things that cost money
2: i think sometimes talking about the financial is sometimes people expect that they're going to start a podcast and they're going to replace their income with it oh that's a
1: mistake colleen
2: yes um and i i have met people like this even in our group Mm -hmm. where in fact andrew and i both have that say okay i'm going to quit my job and i'm going to go into podcasting full time let me tell you unless you are Uh, a big political podcast or you know like Dinesh D'Souza big political guy he started a podcast just this year but he has a big name and he actually his very first day had a sponsor with my pillow and he makes money other ways too so he's going to get some money but it is until you're getting about five thousand per episode there's probably a good chance you're not going to get many sponsors and it you may not ever make much money. I've made very, very, very little money with my podcast that is pretty successful.
1: The reality is, is that people think that they're gonna be able to live off of just podcasting. You and I know someone that gave up his day job to and, and lets his wife work, and he's his whole thing is he pours everything into his podcast, and he, it's not making any money because his focus was wrong. If your focus is on making money, you're, you're probably not going to produce as good a content. And that's the thing. So don't have an unrealistic expectation of the cost, but also don't have an unrealistic expectation of how much money you can make from it. So you want to be.
2: There's one other thing I wanted to mention on the cost, and we've covered this in another episode, but I feel it needs reiterating. And that is remember that you can cut costs, with podcasting, but you will get what you pay for. So Sorry. there are hosts like Anchor that don't cost any money, but uh, in a large podcasting group I'm in, I see somebody almost every week wanting to move off of it. So there are things that you can do that's going to save money, but you do have to kind of weigh, um, you know, the weigh old the adage, options. you get what you pay for.
1: Yeah, you you have to weigh the options. So, so the fourth one on our list is not knowing your audience. Colleen, how how bad is this if, if someone is a podcaster and they just don't know their audience at all?
2: You know, I kind of would like to, because this is something that I talk about a lot when it comes to having a successful podcast, I would like to combine this with our number five and not knowing your purpose. Because not knowing your audience really does connect with not knowing your purpose. Mm-hmm. One of the things I always tell new podcasters is write a purpose statement identify your target audience um so often especially with christian podcasters they're excited about the faith they want to share the gospel and you know i appreciate that but they haven't really thought through what is the purpose uh who is my target audience and those things are going to connect and i i always tell people too as part of that knowing your audience why are they going to listen you know they may listen that first time why are they going to tune in a second time what are you going to offer and this is just of utmost importance with starting a podcast because if you don't have those things you may not grow if you don't know what you're about what your purpose is, what your goals are, and identifying that target audience is going to be difficult to grow. Because
1: when people don't know their audience or they, they think their audience is one group and it's really a different group, you're, you're not going to provide the content that your audience was, would be there for. If you're going to do a show, th- say you're going to do a show on music and you have an audience that you should would expect them to be people who are interested in music. But if, if you're thinking your audience is interested in movies, well, you're going to be speaking to the wrong audience. So you need to know kind of who your audience is. But if you don't, you have a podcast and you're trying to learn more about your audience. One thing you could do is ask your audience for feedback. You, you want to learn who your audience is. And a lot of that, as Colleen said, is going to come out of number five, which is not knowing your purpose. If you know your purpose, that's going to help in your audience. And this is why our very first episode that we ever did was on knowing your purpose. Because that you is going to be how you're going to know who your audience is. And so number 4 being to if you don't know your audience, well you have uh, solicit feedback, get to learn that. But that's also going to come from number 5, not knowing your purpose. That's something that you really should st- before you begin podcasting, you should nail down. But if you haven't, if you're just kind of winging it, there are times when people rebrand podcasts. They start going one way and then they say, you know what, I don't like the way this is going. We, we did this show different. Let's do it different. Let's do this now. <clears throat> we, you can rebrand. You can do things differently. But if you do that, what you want to do is let your audience know so that they come along with you. Well, we're going to change from from a political podcast we're going to, i want to get more into christianity well you could do that you change that but let your audience know sometimes you may have to change if it's that big of a change you may need to not just rebrand but start over but your purpose is something you're going to want to get feedback from listeners to see if they're to see what it is they're looking for in your podcast You you want to know what your purpose is, but you also, if if you think people are not listening or you're wondering what's going on, you may want to say to your audience, hey, let me know what you want. Are there questions you want me to answer? I do a lot of topical things, and so a lot of times I'll reach out to my audience and say, what is it that you want us to discuss? Now, that's... It's Not changing the purpose of my podcast, my purpose is to deal with topics. But sometimes you want to listen to something that they say. You know, are you there to entertain them? Are you there to teach them? You know what's what is your show going to be about? So the solution to not knowing your purpose is to find your purpose. And there's a lot of different you know, ways to do that.
2: It, it's a lot like even product development. Um, my dad worked in the clothing business. And and when customers said, you know, we really want a pair of swim trunks that are a little longer. And so they're listening, saying, okay, we we need to produce what our customers want and you need to. We'll talk about this another time. I don't want to get too deep into this, but there are ways to interact with your audience, to listen to your audience. Um, I think of your show, Andrew, Apologetics Live that, that show is a lot about what the audience is looking for. You know, sometimes you've had people that, uh, I guess, call in or sign in and ask apologetics questions and question and answer episodes are great. Asking for feedback, I try to say on, on my Theology Gals podcast, if there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, email us. I get, I would say 50% of our Podcast episodes have come from our audience. So find ways to interact, find out what they want, because that's why they will continue to tune in.
1: Another pitfall, Colleen, that a lot of people make is commitment. It is hard to do podcasting. It's the reason why so many pod fade. What pod fading is, is when they they start a podcast and then just give it up and it just kind of just dies out. That's called pod fading. And most people do that within eight episodes. Some longer, but podcasting takes commitment. And so the the solution to the commitment pitfall is basically, well, make the decision that you're going to be committed. That, that's a choice you have to make. Now, there's life that happens and there's times where sometimes podcasters just have to give it up. They didn't plan on it. But know the commitment and know when it is time to say, I have to hang it up because I have other things in life that are more important. You can do that. Good way to do that. If you, if you're going to hang it up though, is let your audience know, just let them know, Hey, I'm going to be stopping podcasting from now. Not going to continue. I've, I know podcasts that did that. Hey, life happened. This is what's going on in my life. I'm not going to be doing any more episodes. That at least is, is something you want to have the respect for your audience. Let them know what's going on. But Know the commitment it's going to take and decide to put that time aside to make that decision that you're going to be committed.
2: Yeah, you know, I would say one of the, I have a list of things that I tell people when they come. And because I have a podcast, if if you are new at podcasting and your podcast ends up being successful, Everyone, you know, will come out of the woodwork when they're ready to start a podcast yes. because they want they want to hear what you have to say. And, and that's a good thing. And so I finally took and wrote all of those things down just because I felt like I was just repeating myself, you know, over and over. But one of the things I always tell people is you must commit to a certain amount of time. All of the things that we're talking about, we're trying to get you to not pod fade, as happens very, very often. And so I will tell people that you should commit at least to six months and even better a year. And now that doesn't mean that if something big happens in your family that you say, okay, I can't do this anymore. And that that always can happen. That can happen with anything in life. Um, but I Just strongly encourage a realistic commitment on both frequency and amount of time. Uh, And I had talked when we were talking about audience size. I'm going to give you an example for my podcast, Theology Gals. We did pretty well our first year. I mean, far better than I ever expected. But we more than doubled that our second year. Then we more than doubled that our third year. And our fourth year, we got almost as many as the first three years combined. And I share this to emphasize that it takes time to grow. And if you don't give yourself a time commitment, like six months or 12 months, you may never know, you know, you might get 10 downloads your first week, but maybe you're going to get 300 in, on your eighth week, you know, so you you just don't know unless you put that time commitment in.
1: And that actually leads into our seventh pitfall, and that's a loss of passion. There is a time that happens with many podcasters where they just lose that passion. When you start podcasting, you are all excited. You have the ideas, and then maybe you don't have as many ideas. They fall off. It's a lot of time. It's the stuff we were just talking about, this commitment. And, oh, I just wish I had time to do other things. That happens. There, there is a time where you just say You know what? I'm going to stop doing this. But there's times where you want to keep podcasting, but you lost your passion. Well, the solution to this goes back to something we said earlier. Know your purpose. We have talked about this on previous episodes. We talked with a guest that we had on on an earlier episode where we ended up Talking about purpose. And one of the things that she had said is that she has a mission statement that she wrote before she started podcasting. And whenever she loses her passion, she goes back to that just to reread her index note that says, This is why I'm doing this. That's the thing you could do. Know your purpose. And that's the, that is a solution to the lack of passion. So the, the eighth pitfall that a lot of people make a mistake of is Background noise. People don't think about the fact that they're used to hearing their dog. Their dog barks all day long and they tune it out because they're used to hearing it. But when you go on and you start recording, yes, you tune out your dog, but your audience doesn't. There's a lot of things that happen in our environment where we may be recording and we don't think about it, but it's gonna come through. Which is one solution is make sure you're listening to your own podcast because there's one person I know, every time he, his air conditioning went on, you heard it in his podcast. You heard a big rushing wind noise. And this is some things that happen. You have to be aware of your environment when recording. Now, when it comes to background noise, there's some solutions. One, I've already said, know your environment. You may need to change your environment. Go into a room where you are able to close the door and record. Now, my old house, I had a room, an office that was set up that I had a door that closed. And when I recorded the anything that was going on in the rest of the home, you couldn't hear in recordings. But where I live now, it's, a, it's a different house. It's an open architecture. And now I have to let my wife know, Hey, I'm going to be recording for the next hour, which means don't be making noise in the kitchen because that comes through. Don't go out the side door or one of the doors because the alarm system chirps, and that comes through. We can now hear all that. So it kind of makes an issue where you may have to think about what things make noises that could be picked up. Maybe you need to put the dog out when you're recording. Maybe you need to put the dog in the basement when you're recording. But change the environment so that you don't have those things that make noise. Now, there is another solution if you have certain noises Certain noises like an, a air conditioner going, you can actually edit out. It's not very hard, but if you're in something like Audacity, what you have to do is you get a period where it's just that noise that you hear, you make a you highlight that, you set that as a profile, and then you say get rid of this everywhere. But I'm gonna tell you that you still want to re-listen to that. Let me give you an example of what happened to me in removing background noise. I was at a conference. We were in an exhibit hall where everyone was doing interviews and we were set up. We were having interviews. And so you hear a lot of just background talking, just noise of an exhibit hall. I wanted to try to clean it up. So I, I got rid of all the background noise. Well, that was good except for one thing. Now you could hear very clearly conversations that were happening by your exhibit, my, by an exhibit hall booth that were not meant to be recorded. I was interviewing someone, but it picked up private conversations. And I realized I may end up having something that people are hearing that I can't edit out now. So I actually put the noise back in (laughs) and left it in so that it would drown out the private conversations. Now, people knew that I was in an exhibit hall, so it wasn't unusual to have that. But most cases, you want to get rid of that background noise. Number nine is very similar to this with the, the background noise and it's technical issues. Now there are going to be unexpected technical issues. There is a pitfall that people have with technology. Everyone is going to get bit by the technology. You're going to record and realize that the recording didn't come out. The the equipment didn't work I've done this. I think everyone's done this where you thought you recorded and you weren't or you you ha- you have the whole thing recorded, you go back and listen to it and the audio is just bad. Something happened. Your equipment didn't work. This happens. It's unexpected. But the th- the solution for this is learn as much as you can about the technology. If you're going to use a mixer, learn how that works. If you're you're going to use, you know, a you know, I use a Rodecaster learn how that works. Whatever equipment you're going to use, whatever technology you're going to use, learn how to use it so that you're better prepared if something unexpected happens. Colleen, just before we started recording, you and I both had an issue. We record through Audacity. I also record through my Rodecaster. We record on each end, and both of us had a problem where as soon as we hit the record button, it's not working, and we had to shut down Audacity and start it up again. There's times where you hit the record button and things suddenly stop. It's okay to maybe start over. It depends how far you are in it. One of the things we do, to Colleen, is we record on both ends because of the fact that sometimes my recording may go or your recording may go. We have It's a backups, but sometimes we have internet issues. And if I'm still talking and your internet drops out, I can just take my audio and I have what, what I've said and you can then edit my audio in. And it's not a problem. So learn the technology and learn some of the ways to get around unexpected technical issues. Our last pitfall, pitfall number 10, is not getting appropriate help. You may not be able to do everything with your podcast, or sometimes people are going to either pay people to help them, whether it be coaching, whether it be in editing, whatever it is. And sometimes people get help from the wrong person, not getting the appropriate help you know, when you have a large podcast, I get a lot of people that reach out to me and they want to do editing for me or they, w- they want to do promotion for me. I get a lot of people, especially overseas, that they're podcast promoters. They can get me downloads. And the one thing I'll always do is ask them, can you give me some shows that you work with? And what you find out is they got shows that don't have any listens. Well, are they going to help me grow if they can't help Someone else grow. If you look at all their other podcasts they work with and they're not, they're very small, that's going to tell you that their person's not the appropriate help that you need if you're going to be looking for that. So you got to make sure that you're getting help from the right person. There's a lot of people that say they'll be your podcast coach and, and they got, they got, they understand podcasting. They got their own podcast and they have a hundred downloads oh, an episode. Well, they're not going to help you get to be bigger than they are. So they they don't know how to grow themselves. How are they going to help you? And so the solution here is, you know, there's places you can go to get help, Fiverr and different things like that. We've talked about this on previous episodes, but you have to know something about what the person knows and know that he knows enough to help you. So the solution to this is to make sure the person helping you knows what they're talking about. That's going to mean you're going to need to know a little bit about whatever it is you're getting help on to, and you're going to need to do some research to see if they actually can produce what they claim they could produce.
2: You know what? Whenever I see somebody that says that they're a podcast coach, I just started doing this a while ago. I go and look at their podcast. I I think almost everybody that I've seen that says that they're a podcast coach has a podcast and every single one that I have found so far gets far less downloads than I do in my podcast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's if you were going to open a restaurant and you said, you know, I want to hire somebody that's a restaurant consultant, you would say, tell me what other restaurants that you've consulted on. If you found out that those other restaurants they've consulted on are barely scraping by, maybe they closed after six months, that's probably not somebody you're going to want to invest money in to help you. And I will tell you that if you listen to So You Want to Be a Podcaster, if you are in our group, uh, YouTube is an amazing resource, there's also podcasts like Audacity to podcast, you will find a lot of the information that you need. Now, you might want to hire out for some things like editing and stuff like that, that that may be the case. But as far as what is necessary, and I'm going to add this to that, um, it takes hard work, there is no magic, you know, magic formula So somebody comes and says, I will coach you and it'll cost you $2,000 for the year, but I'm going to coach you to be a good podcaster. Now, I did find one person, I just remembered this, somebody that it wasn't a pod, it was a YouTube channel. And this guy did really, really well at his YouTube channel. And he wasn't even trying to make a huge amount of money with coaching. But he said, you know, I'll coach someone for a month for $200, but he he could prove that he knew what he was doing. He had been successful.
1: One of the things that you end up seeing is most of these people, most people want help in marketing. And the reality is people who do marketing are usually best at marketing themselves. They sell you on hiring them, but they often don't know how to actually do the very thing that you hire them for. You want to make sure that they actually can produce the work you're hiring them for. So these are 10 pitfalls that many people mis- make mistakes in. First, we talked about not being prepared. Well, the solution is allow time to be prepared. Not being in agreement with your co-host. Well, make that agreement up front. Unrealistic expectations with time, with the amount of work, with audience size, with financial investment costs or money to be made. And with each of those, we said the solution is to, with time, make a schedule. With the amount of work, you want to record a few episodes before you start so you know what the commitment is. When it's to audience size, you want to convince yourself and, and know that you're okay if you were just speaking to those same people every week or however often you're recording. You want to be okay with the audience size you actually have, and you want to be okay with knowing that it takes time to build the audience. When it comes to the finances, you want to research upfront those costs. That's the solution. You want to know that you're not going to make a living at podcasting unless you have a huge audience. Number four pitfall was not knowing your audience. Well, you've got to learn your audience. You, you may need to reach out to your audience, to get feedback. Number five was not knowing your purpose. And here the solution was is that you're going to have to know your purpose. You're going to have to have a purpose. You need to think about that and develop a purpose. You may need to go to your audience to get help with that, but you need to have a purpose. Number six is commitment. And that's something you just have to make a decision. You just have to decide, I'm going to commit to this. It takes self-discipline. Number seven is a loss of passion. Well, this, the solution to this was back what we said earlier, know your purpose. Your purpose will give you the passion. Number eight was background noise. Well, you may need to change your environment or where you're recording, when you're recording. Number nine was unexpected technical issues. And that, we said, the solution is to learn the technology. Just learn the bits of it over time. Number 10 is not getting the appropriate help. And the solution here is to make sure that people that are helping you know what they're talking about. So these are some things to help you to prevent making mistakes that many podcasters make. We hope that you do not fall into any of these pitfalls because they can really hurt your podcasting. So we we hope that you gain this is a little bit of a longer episode than we like to do, but we do hope that you got a lot out of it. We're glad that you listen. We hope that you don't fall in to any of these pitfalls. The Christian, the Christian podcast community is a cohesive group of like-minded Christian podcasters.
0: Proclaiming
1: the truths of Christ, truths of Christ with expertise and passion. In the areas of theology, church
2: history, Christian living, evangelism, apologetics, parenting, homeschooling, sermons, and much, much
0: more. more. So check us out at Christian Podcast Community.org. Christian Podcast Community.org. One stop for all your favorite Christian podcasts save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon